Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use the promo code BIGGESTPROBLEM to save $5 off your first purchase. Welcome to the biggest problem in the universe. I'm Maddox. With me is Dick Masterson. Hey, what's up, buddy? And Sean, our audio engineer. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, Sean, we skipped your greeting last week, didn't we? You did. That's all right, though. You yeah, because we that. had to get, we had Ron was in studio. Yeah. You got to get it in before the uh, intro. Yeah. Ends. Which, I don't know if you guys listen past the credits of the show. We've been doing this for a long time now. We've been throwing a little bumper at the end of each episode, and we kind of busted Ron's balls for being OCD, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, but after he well, left, he outed himself as yeah. being OCD too. I he don't, I don't know if that's medical or not. A lot of people just say I'm OCD when they're not. I right? I, I believe it with Ron. You I've been to it? his apartment. I've seen his. It's like it's meticulous. It's clean. It's tidy. It's neat. A little too neat. Like, okay, uh, you know, like, like um, he's either gay or he's got a disorder. Uh, <laughs> it's probably that's the, the spectrum of OCD. Yeah. Um. It's it, it's that's almost flowchart. It's almost like a like one of those dystopian futures where everything is so bright and sunny, but like the wallpaper starts to peel off a little bit, and it's all gray behind it. And you look behind, there's like just machines terrorizing people. This is a man's apartment. Yeah. Huh. But for being such a neat and tidy guy, a lot of crumbs left behind where he was sitting <laughs> last time. Ah, uh, I love shitting on our guests when they're not in studio <laughs> to defend themselves. We shouldn't turn that into a bit. Uh-huh. Anybody that comes on, we just talk shit. We just gossip yeah. after they leave Yeah, the next week. We'll get great access to great guests, I'm sure. <laughs> they like it. Yeah. People like it. Sure. People, people like love, getting shit on. People love people talking behind their backs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Dick. The number one problem from last week was psychics. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Uh, yeah. Psychics. I actually knew that would happen. I've used my psychic abilities. To oh, yeah. That. What are yeah. you, an economist now? Same thing. Same thing. By the way, I on Stop Twitter. It. On Twitter. Stop it, man. <laughs> on Twitter, I got all these economy <laughs> economy majors who were like hitting me up and they were saying, Maddox, you know what the fuck you're talking about. I'm an economist. I just graduated. And I would just uh, send them a picture. I'm like, yeah. Uh, here, did you use one of these for your for your uh, graduation ceremony? And I sent them a picture of a, cl- a crystal ball, or uh, I, I found another one. I'm like, here, here's a picture of you. It's just a picture of a psychic sitting there with like you know those stupid hats. Oh, you don't understand economics. Yeah, uh, I understand economics. I understand weather too. Go ahead. Uh huh. Predictions. More predictions. Anyway, psychics, big problem. Thank you for voting that up. People finally listen to reason. A little bit of a '90s throwback, though. Psychics, don't you think? Was yeah, a, I remember them being prevalent in like the '90s on TV, but I don't hear about them much anymore. Not as much anymore, but they're still there. They're still uh, they went underground. They've <laughs> kind of distributed themselves. <laughs> they've they've crowdsourced their bullshit. Yeah. Did you guys know the FBI used them for like 30 years? What? I, they, that's true. There was a they covert. Did. I'm almost yeah. sure it was the FBI, but they ended it like maybe seven or eight years ago. Oh, be- to solve cases? To yeah, because guess what? It didn't increase uh, any results. Man, that's yeah. a shame. PSYOPs. PSYOPs. And, then, and they looked into astral projection. There was like a really, uh, <laughs> there was a really black book secret project that they looked into for astral projection. And they tried to use these people to locate, I think, missiles in Russia or something like that. Like some good. crazy shit. Yeah. Well, didn't Wait, find did, shit. So. How were Russia's psychics doing? Did we have a gap there? You know what? It may have been a psychic battle, and it was a draw. <laughs> they were stalemate. shielding. As much disdain as I have for it, I would love to be a psychic in uh-huh. the employ of the U.S. government, yeah. like to just make up shit, yeah. like meet with the Russian. I was like, yeah, yeah, we're doing like a psychic battle, so we're going to tell these idiots that we're like shrouding you from the Russian psychic waves, and you tell your boss the same thing. 
And then what? we can just keep cashing a check. Wouldn't it be great to boss around a four-star general, too? Like, uh, dim the lights a little bit, yeah. please. I can't. I need more candles in here. Can you get me some incense? Take your shoes off. Yeah. <laughs> Take them off. Take them off. Yeah. T- touch them. Pet them like a dog. I can't predict the future with these unaligned chakras everywhere. Anyway, Dick, uh, um, I got a comment. You know, every now and then we go back to previous episodes because people are constantly commenting on our older episodes. Uh-huh. Can I bring in a comment that uh, from an older episode? This one's from episode 44, which was one of the most popular episodes of all time, I think, on our show. Oh, really? Yeah, the stats are through the roof on that episode. Hmm. That was the one where I brought in the well-intentioned idiots problem. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yep. I got a comment from Julia Astrakis. She says, the Huffington Post is the liberal Fox News no one needed or wanted. Amen, Julia. Because we also had the live episode in that episode, during that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The live episode that our fans cherished. <laughs> I wish we could bring some of those problems back in from the live episode. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, is that a little bit of foreshadowing and what we're no, about no, to no, talk- no, yeah. not, no, no, I'm not going to do that today. I just I see something like like student loans, yeah. on there, and I'm like, I would have loved to talk about that for an hour, not yeah. like not not two minutes. We did need to discuss some of those problems a little bit longer. The, it, this the format of the show is a longer form format, so. I don't think it landed itself well to the shorter format. I, I mean, it, it is what it is. It was entertaining, I thought. Yeah. Which is to say that it was excellent, and you guys are all fucking idiots. <laughs> I caught yourself there. Yep. Um, I got a comment from Will Tower. from This is, again, from episode 44. He said, Dick, yeah. my very specific opinion is that you should go fuck yourself. Okay. <laughs> Long setup for that's such. It? Yeah, that's it. Uh, I got a voicemail. You want to hear it? Yeah. Gentlemen. This is former President Bill Clinton. <laughs> I called you boys up because I'm a fan of the show. Oh. First off, Maddox, I have to say that obesity isn't all that bad. <laughs> Some of us like women with a little extra meat on their bones. Right. Dick probably knows what I'm talking about with the bigger girls and the blowjobs. Am I oh. right, Dick? Oh. Yeah. Bacon. No. Bacon <laughs> is a bipartisan issue that brings the American people together. Bacon. And bacon. it tastes delicious. Worshipping it is stupid, but it is still really tasty. Huh? Finally. Oh, <laughs> my opinion on your views of the income tax. Dick, go fuck yourself. How many presidents have told me to go fuck myself on this show? Uh, three, I believe, right? Uh, we had Obama tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Clinton now. Didn't Clinton Bush? Did. I think Bush did. Bush probably yeah. did, yeah. So get out your history books, guys, if you're going to tell me to go fuck myself. It's already been done. Three presidents telling you to go fuck yourself. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of presidents. That's more than most people don't have three presidents tell them to do anything. Yeah. You got another one. Maddox, uh, you look great. I congratulate you on your weight loss. Oh, I thanks. saw the live show. You look amazing. Dick, you need to cut your hair. And your face looks fat. It looks very different than the image in the upper right-hand corner of the website. I feel like an idiot for telling you this, but you need yeah, to you are. wait and get raped somehow. Oh. You think Mr. Burger knows that his catchphrase, get raped, has been has caught on on the show? I don't think so. So that, that catchphrase, if you, know, if you guys don't remember, it was from our YouTube episodes, and I brought in a comment that someone kept saying over and over again in response to... People who were criticizing our show and people who were in support of it and comments that were totally innocuous. His response every single time was get raped. And so that's kind of caught on. Right, here's a good one. 
Uh, hey guys, I'm uh, I'm a sex education teacher, and uh, <laughs> okay. I just wanted to read what one of my students wrote on his uh, exam about conception. He says he didn't really study, but uh, he listened to this podcast, and uh, he didn't need to. So, <laughs> um, smart. A man swims out into the ocean with his beloved, and uh, wiggles around <laughs> with a woman while treading water until the <laughs> sperm that's floating around in his penis swims up into the woman's ovaries. Could happen. Um, Wiggles so good so far. Uh, then the woman says, wee, 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 as you caress her bags of sand, and she <laughs> then pees out of her clitoris, <laughs> which is just a this tiny is a joke. and one of the ovaries becomes a baby. Um, Maddox, I really enjoyed your role in The 40-Year-Old Virgin. You really sold it. Uh, Shut up. Very good. And uh, also, I teach Spanish, and one of my students... Uh, uh, wrote this guy got all of his jokes in, in one call. Yeah. Party. So thank you for that, too. Oh, great. And Dicko fucking Oh, <laughs> God damn it. All right, I have a serious comment. Yeah. I have a serious email to bring in. It's from Matt Barr. Hey, Dick, I am the Street Fighter challenger whose voicemail was played at the end of The Biggest Problem in the Universe, episode 50, mm. proof, and then he has his number here, on April 21st at 5... Uh, 39 Central Standard Time. He's very specific. Uh, I sent Maddox a similar message, but I have yet to hear back. You won't hear back. No. Uh, there's a few points we need to touch on before this can happen, and I was hoping you could forward the message to him. <sighs> first, first of all, are you open? This guy is challenging you to a Street Fighter challenge. Are you open to this in any way? Can this? Can you be convinced to? Fight someone as Street Fighter. Mm, I don't know, man. I, what's the purse? I'm like, uh, I'm like uh, Rocky coming out of retirement. I have, I'm a little rusty. I got to go back into training. Do my, uh, do my thing. What's the purse here? So yes, so yes. That's Possibly. a yes. That's a yes. Uh, number one, regular Alpha Two or Alpha Gold. That's the first question. What's Street? I don't know what that alpha, means. Regular Alpha, Street Fighter Alpha. Well, he says regular Alpha Two or Gold Edition. What's Gold Edition? I don't know. Oh, Does I that think mean gold he knows edition, more about Street Fighter than you? No, no, nobody, nobody knows more All about. Right, it says Gold Edition. <laughs> about I don't know. Street Fighter or sex than I do. All right, no. <laughs> Gold Edition. I, I think was the one where they had alternate characters, or the, I think they made Rose playable, but it wasn't. Um, yeah, I think I think that's what it was. I'm okay with. Yeah, Street Fighter Alpha Gold. Sure. Okay. Okay. Street Fighter Alpha Gold. That's the one you would apply. That's part one. Gold. Okay. Right? Yeah. Uh, I would prefer to play the arcade perfect version using a PC oh. running Mame which is compatible with basically any controller. Is that acceptable? No, because oh, okay. MAME is easy to hack. You can get a, a hacked ROM in there. You can. But it, what if it was your PC? If it was running on my PC, then how are we going to play it? What, are we going to network it and I'm going to run the server? Oh, he'd be running his own copy, I guess. Saying? I don't know how... Uh, MAME networking... MAME Network's gameplay is kind of iffy. Okay, so what's your counterproposal? We'd have to do it in person at an arcade machine. Okay, arcade machine only. Yeah. I feel like neither... I'm brokering the, the Mayweather-Pacquiao <laughs> fight right now. Except there's more at stake here. I, there really is. Yeah. I would much rather see you fight someone at Street Fighter in an arcade than I would watch uh, two men hug each other for right. 12 rounds. Local or online? So you're saying local. local. You're saying it must be local. Yeah. Uh, I really hope you read this. Let me know what you think. Matt Barr. Matt Barr. Never yeah. heard of this guy. Well, he's trying to make a name for himself, buddy. Yeah. Well, uh, good luck, Matt. That was meant completely sarcastically. You're gonna go down. You're gonna burn. You're gonna burn in hell. You wanna do any more comments? We could, we take too much time on comments. You wanna I, get to, to, I, to the problem? You wanna no, do I more just comments? Wanna, we uh, have a we have this Dick uh, two episodes ago for our one year anniversary or episode fifty two as you like to call it. 
<laughs> I brought in this uh, this questionnaire. I, I, we were going to talk about it, but the episode went on for so long oh, that yeah. we didn't have time. Yeah. It's a it's a questionnaire that I brought in that we both kind of filled out. I wanted to know because it was our one year anniversary. We didn't get to it. I wanted to mention which votes. This is a question I asked. I asked both of us which votes were you most disappointed with of all the problems that we've brought in. Um, well, I'm most disappointed with. Yeah. It was either it was either the income tax or changing your sheets. Do you remember what the income tax problem got? It was in the positives, but it was it was it Way just too limping along. Yeah. I think it was in the the triple digits. You know, you corrected yourself, or actually uh, clarified rather, in the following episode. But I think a lot of people confused your income tax problem with taxes in general. Taxes in general. Do you have yeah. a problem with taxes in general? Well, I don't want to pay them. <laughs> okay, but what? Do you, yeah. Do you want more than that? Well, no. Because uh, this will derail into a tax they, argument. Yeah, they exist. I'm, I'm going to have to call you a libertarian again. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, no, and everyone's done with your thoughts on economics. Oh, okay. Can we say that finally? Oh. No more economy talk on this show? Oh, as long as we don't mention psychics, I'm, I'm fine with not mentioning economists. Um, my problem that I think that I was really disappointed with the vote was self-checkout lanes. It was negative 613, I think, as of this writing. Yeah. They're great. Self-checkout lines are a huge problem, man. And I definitively proved it in that episode by bringing in studies and evidence and case studies and uh, 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 personal accounts from customers who said they hated those things and they were garbage. And then uh, grocery store chains pulling them out because they were, A, inefficient, B, made a, a worse experience, a worse customer experience, and C, didn't save them money. I remember you saying all that, but uh, you're just wrong. Yeah, I guess our fans' ears are full of shit. Then the second question I have, Dick, which is, uh, which problem would you like to have a do-over on? Oh, boy. Well, they, uh, all the ones I'm disappointed in. Oh, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you which problem I'd like to have a do-over on. Snapchats of not tits. Okay. Because after that episode, I got a bunch of Snapchats of tits. Uh-huh. So, Great. doing it again. Yeah, I got a few. That was pretty cool. Thank you for bringing that in. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. That's why I brought it up again, too, by yeah. the way. I'm glad you're taking the show seriously, <laughs> asshole. What? We're trying to find the biggest problem in the universe. Well, here's my serious answer. Facebook. Okay. Facebook was the problem. Because I really feel like I got steamrolled in that episode. I didn't have a chance. There was such limited time, and I made such a great case that nobody listened to because you had e- uh, shit in your ears. Uh, we need more time. Yeah, we do need more time. And then what do you think should be number one on the list? Hunger. The- Hunger. Hunger should be the number one. Hunger thing. doesn't even affect as many people as as half the shit that's on that it's list. It's horrible, though. It's a it's a horrible thing. The it's the scarcity of resources are so bad that people are starving to death. That's uh, that's awful. It's not the scarcity of resources. It's the uh, inefficient distribution models that we have. We I, have more than enough food. We just can't America. get it to people. Well, yeah, in America, but uh, the companies aren't shipping them to some of these countries, and it's yeah, not why a simple. They? Well, it's not a simple thing. It's not a simple solution where you just ship them food and then that's that. Because we did that in Haiti during after the earthquake. And what it did is Haiti's number one export, I think, was rice. And mm-hmm. or one of, the number one thing that they produce in their country was rice. So it basically put local farmers out of business when uh, we were just sending them well, free rice. Sucks. Yeah, and then the, the, when the funds dried up, we stopped sending them free rice. Well, the local farmers went out of business already. So we actually impacted their economy even worse than before. Yeah, so it's hard to fix. Um, that problem is a big problem and definitely deserves to be on the list easily in the top 20. I don't think it's the number one problem because it's I think, 11 I think, right now. okay, I'm okay with that. Yeah. 
I track it every day. <laughs> I bet you do, you pedantic fuck. <laughs> uh, number one How's on the pedantic? list. Petty, maybe, not pedantic. Well, both. both. It's, all, it's all the P's. Yeah. What was your problem? Mine is anti-vaxxers. I think anti-vaxxers is really, has the potential to undo us as humanity. Mm. Yeah. I think their steam's kind of wearing off on those guys, though. Like, everybody's harping on them now. They're Good. becoming like, what was that religion where they didn't do, they wouldn't go to the doctor that Jim Henson died Jews. of? No. No, <laughs> Jews are the doctors. They don't need to go anywhere. Jehovah's Witnesses yeah. don't. They don't oh, go to the doctor. Yeah. That's what he was. Aren't there, uh. I think they're, like, relegated to the side. Like, they're not growing. Anti-vaxxers aren't growing anymore. Yeah. If anything, they're declining. I hope, man, but I, I still know some anti-vaxxers who have families. This friend of mine has a family, three, four kids. I don't know how many kids, so always popping out kids. And uh, she doesn't believe in vaccinations. She thinks that she knows better than doctors with uh, degrees no. and everyone else in society, apparently. It's yeah. just selfish. It's one of the most selfish things you can do. Armchair doctors. Can you imagine how that guy who started it all feels? Like, he he debunked his own research. The doctor who originally put out this idea that that vaccinations cause autism he was completely discredited yeah his yes the, the study that he he published was recalled and it's one of the most famous recalled studies they recanted that study they said this guy is a charlatan he hasn't he also recanted on it or is he still i think so yeah but all you have to do is put it oh, out man. there and people yeah. are going to hang on to it because it's scary yeah it, it's like out he's in the responsible for so many Death. So we agree that number one should be anti-vaxxers. Thank you. Um, let's move on to the problems, Dick. Yeah. Uh, you want me to go first? Sure. My first problem this week is people who complain about being cold all the time. Yeah. Wah. <coughs> Crybabies. Just a bunch of suck-ass sissies. Well, it's all women. It's, it's, all, it's almost every girlfriend I've ever had. Yeah. You know who doesn't complain about being cold all the time? I- fat, fat people. <laughs> So yeah. none, none of my girlfriends. <laughs> so you brought in women as a problem? No, no, no. I'm just uh, busting balls here. I'm just in, I'm busting boxes here. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it's people who complain about being cold all the time. It's guys and girls. And it's really unbecoming of humanity, I think, to complain about being cold all the time. Why, what are you, a fucking lizard? You reptile? Get a jacket, eat a pepper, drink some Tabasco, and fuck off. What's the big deal? Why can't you just stay warm? Why is it so hard to stay warm? And these people, it's it's cold. Uh, These people complain incessantly about how cold it is, and then you know what they do? They ruin the fun for others. (laughs) They say they say they hate the cold. They'll stay away from this. uh, Look, man, I'm not a fan of the cold. I grew up in Utah. I'm fucking tired of it. It's gross. Mm -hmm. I'm done with the cold. However, when I'm in the cold, I just deal with it. I sit around and it's not a big deal. Okay, I'm a little bit inconvenienced by the temperature in this room. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I, I do think you're just talking about everyone's wife, though, or girlfriend. <laughs> like, I really, uh, this is a real sneaky way to do that. But uh, they're co- they're cold. They're small. They don't have they don't have big bodies with so muscles generating heat all the time. Eat a fucking steak. Can't you gain a couple pounds and shut the fuck up, please? <laughs> I don't think it works like, like that. Like a bear? I'll tell you, man. When I was heavier. Like a bear. Oh, no. No more Fat Maddox stories. People are sick of the Fat Maddox stories. Yeah, who is, though? Is this stereo? So he had a status update that said something like, the worst things to talk about in this world. And number one was like, 
people who used to be fat talking about how skinny they are oh, now. Oh, God, yeah. And, and number two was like uh, ethnic cleansing or something like <laughs> something like that. But um, no, when I was when I was fatter, I would never, ever get cold. I remember I would walk around without jackets all the time. In fact, I went through a four-year span of my life without wearing jackets because um, when I lived in, when I had my place in Utah, I rented two apartments and I lived in one and I worked out of the other. And a lot of, th- they were like a block, a block and a half apart. Oh, can we go through that for a little bit first? You, yeah. You had two apartments, one just to work in? Yeah. What What do you mean work in? I like sat on the my, computer? Uh, yeah, to write my book, my manuscript um, for my first book and also to do my online store. Okay. Where I would ship t-shirts out of. So I needed a place to store all that stuff because that stuff used to be in my living room and it was just uh, piled to the ceiling. You literally, there wasn't, you couldn't even fit a piece of paper in between the boxes piled in this, in my, in my apartment. It was just a mess. So I finally got a second apartment because I looked into the price and it was, it cost like $400 for a one bedroom apartment. So combined for both apartments, it cost me $1,000 and this is downtown Salt Lake City. I had a combined two bathrooms, two kitchens, three bedrooms. It was it was great. And so, but the apartments were about a block and a half apart. So a lot of times late at night when I'd be working, I would just walk to one apartment wearing my shorts and flip-flops and no jacket and walk back home because it's just a block and a half. Who gives a shit? Yeah. And one day there was a blizzard. And I'm walking in this blizzard and I thought, "Wow, you know what? It's really cold and my body's probably working harder to produce heat." I'm probably burning more energy. And that kind of spawned a theory of mine a long time ago. This is like back in 2004, 2005, uh, about an ice diet where I would swallow ice to keep my body temperature low at all yeah. times. Yeah. That's, that's a true. thing now. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, it's a thing now. Like, people are saying that. That's, a, that's yeah. an actual thing. Anyway, I came up with that theory. And um, that happened when I was walking back and forth. And I decided, and then I looked into it, and I found out, I think it was Socrates was the philosopher. I found out he never wore jackets, and he would walk around in the cold barefoot. So I thought, well, fucking, if Socrates did it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> so that kind of inspired me. That started a four-year span of my life where I boycotted jackets. I stopped wearing jackets altogether. I refused to wear jackets. Are the temperatures similar in Utah and ancient Greece? I think so, because I looked at they're, they're about the I same. I don't think so. It's like, a, like it didn't snow in Greece ever, did it? Yeah, they specifically talked about how Socrates would walk around barefoot in the snow. In the snow? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. So I went through this phase where I didn't wear jackets to my personal, financial, and possibly career detriment. I was in New York visiting with the president of the publishing company I was with. Mm -hmm. And he said, Maddox, your book's doing well. I'm going to take you out to the best steak restaurant in New York. Big mistake. (laughs) And he he said, and I I showed up and he said, "Um, do you have a jacket? And I said, no, I don't wear jackets. Very proud, like starting to go off on my stupid theory, right? <laughs> He's like, uh, you, you're you have- like a fucking sitcom character. <laughs> so he said, uh, he said, you don't have a jacket? And I said, no, I don't wear jackets. And I went on Did and you on. not hear me, you yeah. fat fuck? I don't wear jackets. <laughs> so I, went, I told him my theory, and he seemed really unimpressed. He said, okay, well, can you find a jacket? I said, uh, no, I, I don't need one. I'm fine. And I didn't. I wasn't picking up the subtext here. I said, "Oh, you should really get a jacket. It's going to rain tonight." I said, "It's okay. I walk in the rain all the time." So I, I refused. Did jackets. you tell him the Socrates part, though? I did. Yeah, uh, of course. I explained. <laughs> 
explain the Socrates part. Could you imagine this poor guy? This what is he like a VP of a publishing company? He's the president. The president the of the public. The pres. The owner of the publishing company has yeah. to go home that day. His wife's like, "How is work?" And he's like, "These these fucking authors. <laughs> this fucking jackass." Comes in to the building today, and he's making what? And he's walking around pretending to be Socrates. <laughs> Who the fuck? Where do the fuck do these people come from? So I show up to the steakhouse, one of the best in New York, and you know, ridiculously expensive steaks, like a hundred dollars plus. And so I walk in, and I notice everyone in the restaurant is wearing a jacket and like a suit, like a nice jacket and a tie. Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I'm wearing a shirt with tanks on it. And jeans. And so I walk in, and I thought, wow, I'm really underdressed. I feel like an asshole. Now I get it. He was was telling me- How old were you? To wear a jacket. This was uh, when my book came out in 2006. So what, like eight years ago? Yeah. Oh, oh my. I'm surprised they didn't have jackets. Yeah, they usually do. They usually do. However, uh, I think this worked a little bit in my favor because they know the owner of the, the publishing company- and they know that he's he's a regular, so he's a high roller. He comes in. They don't want to insult him. They don't want to insult me. And they, they mm, saw that I was definitely with him. him. Yeah. <laughs> they saw that I was with him, and they realized. They, they treated me so differently when they saw that I was standing next to him. Because when I walked in, I got all these eye rolls and glares, yeah. right? Then I walked up next to the publisher, and they, they said, oh, right this way, right this way. And they thought I was such a big shot because I was able to walk into this restaurant, not wearing a jacket, wearing my stupid graffiti tank shirt. And they sat me down, and they were, I, they, they, everyone's like, oh, who's that guy? Who's that guy? He must be real important because he's not wearing a jacket. They yeah. must be used to dealing with the biggest screwballs that yeah. come from a publishing company, like other authors who also don't understand what having a nice dinner means. I, I think authors are meek. Why? What do you mean? Uh, most authors are very meek. They come from the Midwest. They're just very unused to I think I, I think that's what I was, too, a little bit when mm-hmm. I met this guy. They don't know what to expect. They don't. Uh, they're not used to that lifestyle. So anyway, man, that's my story. Oh, plus I was drenched in rain because <laughs> it was it was a torrential rain outside. You have a habit of showing up soaked for meetings, important meetings. What? Remember when you rode your bicycle to that meeting at uh, Fox? Oh, which one? <laughs> and you ran around in a panic because they had no bike rack. Oh, yeah. So you had to like tie it to a parking meter or something or like a, a homeless person yeah. to go up to your meeting and you were drenched in sweat when you got up there. Oh, boy. That, was an- <laughs> that, happened, that happened another time at Comedy Central specifically. Anyway, man, the point is I wasn't cold. I just yeah. But so it up. What's, what's your problem with people who are cold? Like, what, what's your what's a temperature? What's a temperature that's, that's acceptable for you? To I, be think, at? I think I think because I run hot. Fifty and above, shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's insane. Fifty is comfortable. Maddox, you can't think that fifty degrees. You can't think it's okay to keep people in fifty degrees in the house. Oh, get out of here! If I get into the ocean and it's fifty degrees, hey, it's a great day. Look, get in the ocean, throw me a beach ball. Let's do this. So, if your house was at fifty degrees and somebody was complaining, that would be a problem for you. Uh, it would be. It's a little colder than average, but yeah, fifty. Fifty's. What do you, you see? This is a traditional California pussy, and here's what I'm disappointed in reporting. Guys, I say after I lost weight and and uh, you know if you you the longer you live in a warmer climate, the more acclimated you get to it. Sure, it's turned me into a little bit, a little bit of a pussy. You know, it's really annoys me what about you jackasses from the cold you're so proud of how yeah. of how you, you can take the cold weather. Uh-huh. It's so annoying. It's yeah. like you didn't do anything. You just live where it's cold. 
You it wears off if you don't live there. So shut the fuck up about it. You, I don't think you can you can adjust. I don't think so, Dick. I think the cold would chew you up and spit you out like a toothpick. Of course you adjust because you didn't do anything to get it. You just sat there on your ass walking from one apartment to another. Did you not hear my boycott of jackets for four years? Some of them talk like they're genetically superior or yeah. something like that. Uh, yeah, they talk like, like they're the master race because yeah. they, they can take it. We're like, oh, huh, look at look at you guys wearing your jeans. I'm only wearing high water pants. You're a bunch of pussies. It's yeah. like, yeah, you, you live where it's cold, dude. Shut the fuck up. Like, is your huh. is where you live so shitty that you have to be proud of something as stupid as being able to take it when it's cold? Yes, dickhead, because it's tough to live there. The, you people die in the in the harsh climates that we grew up in as children. Oh, and, get and then over we, you come to California. Ooh, it's it's a bit nippy. It's 69 degrees. Ooh. Let me get my scarf out. All these fucking hipster pussies standing around intelligentsia coffee with oh. their twirly mustaches. You're idiots. such a man because you can take it when yeah. it's cold outside. Yeah. Oh, my God. Where would we be without you tough guys to take it when it's 50 degrees outside? I'll tell you, I'll tell you where you'd be in a coffee shop yeah. sipping an expensive latte, you <gasps> pussies. Uh, you know, you want to hear the story of when I finally broke down and started wearing jackets? Again? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that. No, that didn't no. shame you into doing this, it. This, this was a real stupid fuck up. Um, <laughs> I, I went to, I went to London in December, <laughs> and I here's here is the heaviest, <gasps> thickest thing that I packed: one flannel shirt. <laughs> That's it. Everything else in my suitcase was short sleeve, mm. and I only brought one pair of pants and a couple shorts with me. Yeah. So I like, show up in London, and it's fucking bitter cold. And I'm walking around thinking, okay, if I shop, if I walk around and I hop in from shop to shop at, uh, you know, 15 minute intervals at a time, and I'll just pretend like I'm browsing so I warm up, you know? In and this, you're still okay with your principle of not wearing a jacket like Socrates, yeah. even though you're leapfrogging yeah. like a homeless man uh-huh. from shop to shop. Yeah. You're, this is still a win. Yeah. Okay. And every time I would say, I would see a pasty shop, uh, for, for Americans who don't know, pasties are these little uh, pockets. They're co- almost like hot it's pockets. It's like a piece of bread full of jizz, right? No, it's they're delicious. It's like a calzone filled with like curry and chicken and beef. They're really good. Yeah. They're doughy and just chewy. They're really good. So every time I saw a pasty shop, I would stop in, buy a pasty to warm up my hands. <laughs> and then I'd walk to the next shop and just browse souvenirs while I warmed up. And I thought, I could just keep doing this my entire trip in London. And so then um, I was doing the tourist thing, and I was going to see the London Eye and all this other bullshit. So I, w- I was walking across this bridge, because uh, right by the London Eye, there's this big stretch of water. Yeah. And the wind was blowing across that water, and it started. It was overcast, and the it tamed, started to isn't snow. It? The tame, that's the Tame River. Tame River, I the think so. Yeah, Tams. Yeah, oh, Tams. Tams. Okay. That how you say it? Yeah, I think so. Whatever. I'm sure some Brit's gonna uh, correct us in the comments. Um, so I was walking across this bridge, and the wind blew so hard with snow and ice. I actually felt frost on my face. Like my cheeks were frosty, and I, I like kind of scraped it off. And I, I was so fucking cold. I was shivering. And there's this little Chinese lady. It was right about the time that all the all the shops were closing up. And she she was selling scarves. <laughs> and she said, "Ah, abominable snowman, <laughs> run for your life." <laughs> That's Vietnamese, <laughs> asshole. You always do Vietnamese instead of Chinese. Anyway, so this, this lady's selling all this stuff, and I walk up to her. I said, 
um, how much? And before she could even answer, I said, oh, whatever. I'll buy everything. I'll buy everything. <laughs> I bought. I made her fucking day, dude. I didn't haggle for anything. I paid her whatever she was asking. I bought a hat. I bought gloves. I bought a scarf. I bought two scarves to, like, wrap around my arms. And then uh, I bought so much shit there. I bought an extra hat just in case I dropped mine. <laughs> you became a homeless person. <laughs> like, you literally became a homeless person just grabbing garments of clothing. Yeah. Anything that you can get to wrap around your body. And I bought this, like, stupid-looking fleece poncho or something she was selling. I thought, whatever, I, I don't give a shit. I'm going to die out here if I don't wear something. Maddox, you make your life so much more complicated than it has to be with your asinine, like, with your with your principles. Yeah, they're principles, Dick. Anyway. I want, I know you're working on a book. How yeah. far, how's that going, by the way? Great. What percentage? I'm making, ah. a, I'm making a thermometer over here. Ah, percentages, you know, they're just okay, that numbers. tells me, that tells me it's less than 10. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. I'm not cold right me, now. That tells me 10, it's a lot less than 10. Dick, the publisher might be listening. <laughs> right. It's coming along great, guys. All right, I'm going to keep this thermometer on the back. Of the great. Um, and, th- and thanks for signing up for the mailing list. I still haven't sent out the final... Uh, verdict, but I people people called me out on that when I said you have to give me a reason why you think that you you uh, should be signed up for this mailing list. Um, some people are fucking with me in there. Some one of them yeah. said I used, this guy said I used to beat up uh, computer science majors like you in high school when I was a kid, and that's what that says what his response was. Mm. Deleted. Uh, oh, yeah. you deleted that. It's well, funny. I, I I put it on the uh, the maybe list. We'll see. Uh, yeah, I, that's the best part of having those lists. Like when we had the list for the live show, the answers that everybody put in hilarious was hilarious. Dick, uh, what's your what's so, your problem? No, 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 I was gonna say. So the book that you're writing, I know it's not gonna be what I'm about to pitch you, but what I really want to read is "Making Your Life More Complicated" <laughs> by Maddox, and it's just full of these stories. Like, here's how I became a homeless man, and it all starts with. I wanted to be more like Socrates. <laughs> yeah, I was just walking between two apartments. Yeah. In a, in a I mean, this blizzard, is like I'm know? gonna. This is the goal. I'm gonna live like I'm gonna walk a mile in Socrates' jacketless yeah. shoes. It's smart. It's I did it for four years. Fuck you. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit <laughs> Harry's.com and use the promo code Biggest Problem to save five dollars off of your first purchase. Do you? So Maddox and I were sent Harry's shave kits yeah. to use. Yeah. I still use mine. I still use mine too. Yeah. It. it I'm, I'm saying this honestly. It did have a significant impact in my in my life because I shave now all the time because I don't want to look like a bearded. Fuck. Yeah. Like, uh, that's what's in style now. I mean, look beard, beards are pretty cool. They don't always look sloppy. Yeah. Yeah. But I do, I do use it all the time. Yeah, no, I use mine I use mine to trim my beard. Uh, it, it's those blades. I don't know what they make. They make, like, titanium or something. But uh, my whiskers are pretty fucking tough. And normal blades only last, like, two or three shaves before I have to throw them out. These Harry's ones have lasted me weeks and weeks. Uh, by cutting out the middleman, they can offer an amazing shave at a fraction of the price of drugstore brands. Uh, give Harry's a shot. How about that? Is that- Harry's is, wait, go to harrys.com. Uh, they'll give you five bucks off your, your order if you put in um, biggest problem. Biggest problem is the promo code for five bucks off. Thank you, Dick. All right. What's your problem? My problem is, um, this is a very personal problem. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it opened up to me like, uh, like a can of worms. Like yeah. I, thought, I thought it was just going to be a very simple kind of throwaway problem. Yeah. But as I, as I dug and dug, it got it got a lot deeper, and it got a lot more interesting. Oh, okay. Sounds like a problem with deep roots. What? It sounds like it's a problem with, that, that has some roots, some yeah. deep roots. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So first, I have to address something, 
And I don't know if this is going to upset anyone. <laughs> I wish you guys could hear eye rolls because there was one definitely in the studio. <laughs> Sean, I don't bring this up. I'm not trying to bust balls. It's interesting. It's interesting to me to talk about. I like talking about everything that goes on on this show. I like talking about the behind the scenes stuff because I think it gives people an insight into, you know, into the dynamic here. Okay. And that's interesting. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it's interesting. I think this time it is interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sean. Sean looks like the expression lurch from the Adams family has on his face permanently. That's the expression on Sean's face right also now. Also <laughs> a little bit Hannibal Lecter. Yeah, a little bit. There was there was talk before our year anniversary show of you bringing in a problem. <laughs> right? That's that's a true statement. I remember somebody saying, you should bring one in for the 52nd. And I said, all right. Oh, how, everybody. How everybody. Did, no, who, how, did, how did they ask you to do that, Sean? Who, who's they? Well, who's you this guys. person? Who's, <laughs> who's this person? How did you get that request? All right. We'll I get don't there. remember. We'll, okay. get, we'll get there. All right. Okay. Everybody wanted you to bring in a problem, though. Well, people have been right? asking for a long time because they like Sean. Sean's a, Sean's a star of the show. Everybody, they shit on me and Dick. And for some reason, you are the show's darling, and you are untouchable. Everybody loves you, John. Untouchable. Even with the, even with the fucking deleting thing, yeah. people were immediately jumping to your defense. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Not they, that I don't appreciate it, but that's weird. They sensed something. They sensed something, and they knew that if you brought in a problem, you would probably be the most rational. Either you would, either you would be the most rational person, or you would completely surprise everybody and be just as big of a maniac as us. Right? That was the tease. That's yeah. what every that's what everybody was waiting for. That was the hope, yeah. That was the hope. That was the question that needed to be answered. So, <laughs> so you brought in a problem. I thought it was a great problem. I, I don't want to go over the line either. You tell me tell me if I'm if this is not funny. No, you're fine. Okay. You brought in a problem. And then then you guys then you guys broke my heart. <laughs> Didn't you? Dick, I didn't know you had a heart. That's yeah. a surprise to me. What happened? What happened to that problem? Well, uh, it didn't show up. Sh- did it? No. the The problem, the problem didn't show up. What happened? And I don't think that a single person who was listening to that episode could tell. No, it was masterfully edited. Yeah, it was erased from history, like Marty McFly's family. Delete it. Let's say delete it. Deleted. <laughs> Sean, do you want it? Do you want to talk about this or not? Yeah. What okay. the hell? Sean actually did bring in a problem for our big one-year anniversary. Mm -hmm. And why specifically? Do you remember uh, at at whose behest, Sean? Because I I, I can tell you, you you received an email, I think in all caps, right before before the show. Dick, do you know anything about this email? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did the email say? I said bring in a fucking problem. It was more like a reminder. Oh, a reminder. Okay. So it wasn't an outright demand that you bring in a problem. So Sean did bring in a problem. And we recorded it, and it was a great problem. I thought it was great. Yeah, it was honestly. I thought it was great. It added. I've listened to, to it a dozen times. I, I still haven't heard it, but it added to our the length of that episode, which was already long. It, yeah. it came in the the final episode came in. I think around an hour and forty five minutes, mm-hmm. something like that, with Sean's problem in it. No, I think it was like two hours. Yeah, it was like it was close two to hour, two hours. Two hours. Yeah, it was it was a huge huge episode. Still a huge episode, even without Sean's problem. Yeah. because of my brilliant takedown of the economic fallacy. Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> so the next day, can we talk about dog food? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. So the day before the problem goes up, who gets a text? Maddox gets a text first from Sean. I get a text, and Sean said he wasn't too happy with how he defended the problem. He said he wasn't prepared enough. 
And he asked if he could cut it from the episode, right? True. Yeah. True. Well, I thought of it just about midnight the night before. Yeah. And it was a lame problem, in my opinion. I didn't prepare at all. And I just came in, and it was like audio cancer to me. <laughs> well, that's what, that's what you said to me. Objectively, it was bad. And I said, absolutely not. Well, absolutely not objectively. Yeah, not at the time. Turned out I was right, though. What do you mean? <laughs> because you mean? I listened to it the next day. I said, you know, we've talked about this, uh, this statement. Somebody told me one time, they said, when you're performing in anything, it's very rarely as good or as bad as you think it is. Yeah. It's usually somewhere in the middle. And I've played guitar live a million times. And there's been shows where I thought I was dying up yeah. there. And, you know, people would tape the shows and stuff like that, and I'd get a copy of it. Yeah. And it was never as bad as I thought. Right. You know, I'm my own worst critic. But this was actually as bad or worse than I thought it was when I went back and listened to it. Yeah, but, Sean, that's not— And I, you- think, I think that the show deserves better. Oh, that is a very diplomatic way of getting trying to, out of trying this, to buddy. trying to butter you up. Yeah. Trying to no, sneak it. I, I agree. honestly do. If I'm going to bring in a problem, I'm going to bring in a problem. One Sean, that I actually give a shit about. Sean, it was a, it was a great problem, objectively speaking. I was, uh, I was so glad you brought it in. And also, I had a, a few interesting takedowns of Dick— that may never. That's what, and that's why, that's what broke my heart. Because uh, I listened back to it, I'm like, oh man, um, Maddox is really making, saying a lot of stupid stuff here. Uh, this has got, this has got. No, the, the it brought up interesting points yeah. that I thought should see the light of day. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah. So, um, so Sean said, hey man, uh, it felt it felt premature. Uh, can we cut it? I'll bring in a problem some other time. I wasn't too happy with the performance, and I said, "You know what, buddy? Uh, yeah, I don't want to stress you out. Let's uh, let's get rid of it." And we'll I don't. Cut it. I don't because I know you're you're not you don't want to be like a, a jerk off performer like us. So it's fine. Sean, it. Sean is the only person who actually gives a real shit about <laughs> about reputation uh, and like real life. And yeah, stuff like that. and he like cares about how he comes across. Whereas like I, the more I'm hated, it makes me stronger. Yeah. Okay. I think you're being too hard on yourself. So I came up. With a fun experiment, oh, to see if you think it's really as bad as you as if you think your problem is really as bad as you're saying it was. All right, and I also think this is the funniest thing I might have ever done. Oh wow, <laughs> you're uh, you're real proud of yourself. Dude. I went through so much because it it kills me that yeah. it was lost. Yeah, so I have to fix it. Okay. I have to fix it. All right, I have to fix it. So I've brought in and don't don't react to it yet. I've brought in a clip. <laughs> I've brought in a clip of what I've done with that dialogue. Except I replaced your lines with a voice actor. <laughs> so just so you can be completely objective, I'm only going to play a little bit of it. All, all right? right? And you I, I, he sounds a lot like you, but it's not you cuz I think I think that's will make that will make it objective. Oh, I don't know. Dick Sean has a pretty distinctive voice except for uh Bald Brian from the Adam Carolla show. <laughs> yeah. All right, here I'm going to play it now. Okay. The voice is not what's going to make it objective. Well, well, well but I, it's you know, it's a mind we'll thing. It's a mind thing. It might no. help. It might help. Yeah. I don't like listening to myself either. Like it's get, like no, no, it no, takes no, no, no. something. I've heard myself recorded a million times. Well, all right. Let's see. You tell me. I have no problem with the sound of my own voice. You tell me after. Nobody knows what their own voice sounds like until they hear it recorded. Let's see. Let's see okay, what this sounds see, like. Let's yeah. see. Let's see. So, Sean, people have been asking you to bring in a problem all year long, basically since the first time they heard you laughing in the background. 
And they said, yeah. who's that guy? I should have never done that. Big mistake. Oh, I should have kept my mouth shut the entire time. I was just well, like you. It's too late because now you have to open your mouth and tell us what your problem is. I wasn't even going to do a problem because last week was fucking insane. I am lucky I even know my own name right now. Who is this Except guy? Except I got an email from Dick in all caps. Yelling at me that I better bring in a fucking problem. Yeah, yeah. short email. Exactly. Was that entirely in the subject line? No, it was in the body. It was like, when are we recording? You better bring in a fucking problem. <laughs> See? Now you can be objective. Now you can objectively say whether or not that was good. I want to meet that guy. He's was that one of those $5 things that you do? No, no. I had to, I had to pay a lot more for that. I Jesus. transcribed your entire problem. Oh, my gosh. Like Nick. that. That was just the first bit. That was the first bit. If you hate it, I'm not going to play it. Dick, that's how, I couldn't tell where that guy began and Sean stopped talking. <laughs> That's the trouble. He, he really nailed it. Yeah. So here's my here's my problem. Was I bring it in? It's perfectionism. And at first I brought it in flippantly because I was like, I do I do think you're a, a, in some ways perfectionist. Oh, I think in more than some ways. Yeah. I've gotten better too. Well, good. But I think this is a, a great example of that. I don't mean to bust your balls too no, much because I like it, you know it, it's not it's not a big deal. I think that the bit's funny, but. What I thought at first was perfectionism just keeps talented people from making amazing stuff. It does. Yeah. You're guilty of this. For sure. In this instance, because I thought it was a great problem, and in music. And you, Maddox, I think are also guilty of this. Oh, totally. I have articles I haven't published that I've fully written with uh, with images. In fact, the Lucid Dreaming one that I kind of teased at at the end of one of our episodes, that was a fully written article, and I posted it. I thought it wasn't up to snuff, and I never posted it on my website. I mean, forget articles. Just how about books? Yeah. It's been, you're working on book number three. Yeah. It's been 10 years. Man, people who are not perfectionists just crank the shit out. Yeah, of course. Right? They're, they're hacks. Right. Well, I don't even know if they're hacks or not. Not that, you know, there is virtue to being a hack. Sometimes. But uh, this this book, uh, yeah, some of my books, it does become a crippling thing, perfectionism. Because sometimes your inner critics are so loud, your inner demons are so loud that they shut you up before you even get to the page. And that's why I'm able to, to put up with so much bullshit from my fans. Because I think... That's all you got, you idiots? Why don't you get inside my fucking head and deal with my demons for five fucking minutes? Your criticism isn't even as loud as my own criticism inside my head. Yeah, it's not even as clever. No. Like that would have that may maybe would have made that maybe would have hurt my feelings if you just added this little part to it. Like you should have right. sat down and thought about it for a second. Oh man, I can rip myself apart so much better than Well, my you've fans. had a lot more practice of ripping myself up. Sure. Of course, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you bring in things like Guardians of the Galaxy. Good which you thought was shit. Yeah. Which you thought was a shit movie. Shit movie. And uh, no, it was I, okay. I, I, it was. A, it's a big problem. Like you, you posed yeah. your case of why it's a problem. Yeah. However, I think this this sense of perfectionism is preventing people who are brilliant from creating better art. Oh, Dick, that's a very clever argument. Well, so at wow. first, at first, I thought what mm. you're what you might be thinking now, which is like, yeah, but it goes both ways. Because it's also like maybe people aren't being too hard on themselves 
and we're also saving the world from a lot of shit, right? Which is my philosophy. I think that, that parents are not hard enough on their kids, for example. So I started digging into this uh, perfectionism thing. Like, I typed in per- perfectionism stats, like I usually do for yeah. this show. And what I found was this tremendous um, amount of, like, psychological studies and psychological research yeah. that ties perfectionism in with some of the worst psychological hangups that we have. Sure. Like narcissism, yeah. uh, depression, yeah. uh, suicide. Let me, let me read through some of these because I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, it's a personality trait characterized by a purpose of striving for flawlessness and setting excessively high performance standards. Right. Accompanied by overly critical self-evaluations and concern regarding blah, 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 blah. So they, um, they split it up into dimensions. Concern over making mistakes, high personal standards, uh, perception of high parental expectations, yeah. the perception of high parental criticism, which, I mean, your mom is vicious with right. your work. Absolutely. Never, never approved. No, never satisfied no. with anything, even cash. I could just give her a wad of money <laughs> and she'd say, what, just this much? Is this what I'm worth to you? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Let True me see. story, me see. by the way. <laughs> you have the worst mom stories. You really do. Yeah. Perfectionism is a trait uh, many of us cop to coyly, maybe even proudly. I'm a perfectionist being the classic response. You say in a job interview when asked to name your biggest flaw, uh, one that you think isn't a flaw really, but it is because it can be devastatingly destructive, leading to crippling anxiety and depression, and it might be an overlooked risk factor. Yeah, uh, I read someplace on, I think there was a study that talked about how perfectionism can be so crippling, especially when it comes to work. And at some point, there, there is that, uh, that uh, trade-off where it no longer becomes about the work necessarily, but about, uh, it, it does have to do with narcissism. And I think it's the way that the parents have like placed expectations on the kid growing up, which causes them to... Uh, to fall into this crippling cycle where they don't produce anything. They become un- unproductive. Procrastination is one of the biggest uh, symptoms. Oh, there you this. go. That's me. That's yeah. me to a T. So this is, here's the meat, here's the meat of this. This is, yeah. this is the actual study I found because a lot of it was like self-actualization shit, but this is the actual study I found. Examining levels of per- perfectionism, conscientiousness, and academic productivity in psychological professors, they found that conscientiousness was associated positively with publications, but perfectionism, like people who said they're perfectionists, was associated negatively with the number and impact of their publications. Interesting. So people who consider themselves perfectionists yeah. produced less and uh, less meaningful work. You know what's fascinating, Dick, is that this applies to me so much because for the first, I would say, 10 10 to 15 years of my writing of my website, I had this style of writing that my friend Michael Malice, uh, you know, uh, we have a mutual friend, Michael Michael Malice, author, he wrote a book called Dear Reader. Um, He saw the way I wrote one day, and he was at a loss for words because he said, I can't believe this is the way you write. The way I write— What do you mean? Well, he saw the way I write, and I sit down, and I write one sentence, or sometimes even just three words, and I'll sit there and stew over those words, and I'll read them back and forth over and over again in my head to see how they sound, and sometimes I'll read it out loud to see how it sounds, and I won't move on until I have perfected that sentence. Once that sentence is perfectly crafted, 
Then I'll move on to the next sentence. And so by the time I'm done with the article, little by little, I've constructed each sentence so it's the perfect, immaculate sentence. Then the article is done, and I don't touch it again. I don't even... I don't even look for spelling errors or grammatical errors because usually I'm, I've stewed over it so much that it's there. There is none. There you know are what? none. I can tell you write that way. Yeah, it's really obvious. How's uh, that? I guess I relate to it. I can oh. tell that each sentence is crafted. That was exactly the word that I was going to use. Yeah, was crafted. It doesn't even have to be much. Uh, you know, or you know, your writing doesn't even have to be long to notice that. Yeah, just certain he- updates you've done, and I said that's the perfect way to say that. Oh, thank you. That's a, that's a really nice compliment. Why don't you correct your spelling, though? Because a bunch of people called you out on Twitter for having typos, and you said, I don't correct typos. I don't correct typos in archived material, because I think it's more honest that way. Uh, my spelling on my website, guys, by the way, I have never done a spell check on huh. any of the articles I've huh. ever written, ever. And my spelling is about 99.9% accurate, uh, because I check everything already when I'm writing, you know? Yeah. And sometimes, occasionally, if I'm writing until 3 in the morning and I get delirious, I might make a mistake or a typo. And I leave those in after the first week. Generally, I correct typos the first week. And the only other exception is if it's uh, something for clarity. If I wrote something that sounds clunky and, and uh, isn't getting my point across, I will correct that. But generally, typos in archived articles, I leave those there for to be more honest. A uh, study of Canadians over seven years, 6.5 years, showed that the trait perfectionism predicted earlier mortality. What is hell's going on over there? You got to perfect your beer drinking. <laughs> <laughs> I tipped all the way back and my headphones fell off when I was drinking beer. This finding held even after control <laughs> for, for other <laughs> health risk factors. A subsequent study uh, yielded an anomalous pattern of results. Oh, let's see. A link between perfectionism and serious illness. Um, what what uh, illnesses well, do you know? Because of co- chronic stress. Yeah, stress creates cortisol, right? And that's yeah, makes you yes. go bald. And I'm the baldest person in this fucking room. That's true, man. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, uh, don't be a perfectionist. And I don't mean to like it, it, this research started because I thought it would be funny yeah. to bring in perfectionism because you pulled the problem yeah. and it like I found that this is like a major cause of uh, depression and illness. I'm, heart I'm, heart disease, cardiac rehabilitation. Oh yeah, I'm glad you don't really relate to it. It's not it's not a whole lot of fun. It's uh, awful. No, but it really it really isn't. But you know, I've gotten a lot better about it. But obviously, that episode or that problem set something off where I was like, "This is garbage. This is crap," and it's not going to be the problem that I bring in. I know yeah. exactly how you feel when something like when I feel like I've really made a jackass of myself on this show goes up that because the next day I'm like. Oh, Christ. Like, this is going to be a hell of a week. You know, Dick, um, you have brought in probably one of the best crafted arguments that you just totally glossed over. It's the best thing I've heard you say, I think, always, on the show. Always insults. What? <laughs> it's a compliment. I haven't even gotten to the backhanded insult yet. <laughs> oh, uh, <great>. But <laughs> it was the part where you said, you mentioned Guardians of the Galaxy, and you said that it, that I thought it was a shitty movie, and I said yes, and it's probably due to perfectionism that we don't see better movies and i totally buy that that's a totally solid yeah. argument yeah i that's one of the best things you've said in the show because i think that that ex- that does actually explain real world phenomenon and why we don't see better artists perfectionism this this you have no idea like how fundamental, it goes way beyond art Right. Uh, this 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 is a this is a potential fundamental shift in my thinking. Uh, what you said, and I have to think about it more. I'm not ready to talk about Woo! it. 
dick. Don't don't gloat. <laughs> don't celebrate because you're you're just a, a simple fucking. Uh, you're just like a simple factory worker who who stumbles <laughs> upon a gold nugget and doesn't even know what the fuck to do with it. Don't know its worth. Don't know its value. With it. <laughs> That's don't, what I do with it, jackass. You're just sitting there on a on a gold mine. Don't even know what it's worth. I'm just gonna come over and fucking steal it from you. I brought in a quiz, but we're probably running out of time. I, well, I found a real quiz, like yeah. a real Are You a Perfectionist quiz, but it said it took like 40 minutes, so then I just found one on the Huffington Post. <laughs> well, you're clearly not a perfectionist. And we're not linking to the Huffington Post, so you might as well read the title of the website, because I'm not going to link to it. What do you mean the title of the website? So people can look for it as your source. I'm not going to link to Huffington Post. Oh, I don't know. Search Are You a Perfectionist quiz on Google. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. But it's all, I think it's all stuff we've already covered. Yeah, man, uh, the perfectionism thing is really crippling. I've gotten a lot better, actually, in part, due in part to my friend Michael Malice's criticism. He said that the way you write is insane. Oh, you're a nightmare to work with on writing? Get out of here. Because you, you focus so intensely on every sentence yeah. that goes into a pitch. And when it's 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 totally unnecessary. I'll tell you when it is necessary. When you're communicating with someone and your your writing efficiency counts. You have to communicate a really powerful and very precise message in just a few sentences or paragraphs. That's really important to do. Here's what I think. You spend you spend 90% of your effort covering the last 10% of quality. This I, is like if you want to if you want to obsess, if you want to if you want to get a job done, you do 10% of the work will get you 90% of the way there. That's an A. All you right, want to obsess over it and spend another nine times what you just spent for that last little 10%? Waste of time. I, That's my philosophy. Some people think it's worth it. Yeah. Yes. I, I am sorry I gave you that compliment earlier. <laughs> you don't, you you don't think there's read. any wisdom in that? Uh, no, I don't I think, think it's, it's applicable to me. I no. think it's true. Yeah, you do it, spend, it is true for you some do people. spend a ton of, uh, you spend the most effort to get that last 10%. Yeah. Well, so instead of making one song perfect to you, which doesn't mean it's perfect. No. Which does, it doesn't, it, according to the study, it doesn't mean it's going to be any better. No, no Dick. Well, that's, here's the thing. I think perfectionists, uh, at least in my own experience, um, you'll try a lot of different things. And as soon as you show aptitude to it, you gain expectations immediately. Ah, uh, that's true. And then it becomes, in my world, it was always, there were two possibilities that could exist. If it was done really well, that was acceptable. If it wasn't, it was complete and utter failure. Yeah. That's a tough way to think because there's, <laughs> it's not A or B. I was always an A or B, you know, thinker. Pass, fail. It's alphabet soup, man. You gotta, it's, it's no, a yeah, lifetime right. of letters. No, it's a, they all add up. That's Dick, true. The the problem is that uh, this doesn't apply to a lot of people and industries. For example, the video game industry, they spend the majority of their time, the 90% of their effort, in the first 10% of the game because they know that the majority of game players aren't going to play all the way through it. That's why a lot of times you'll play a game like Fallout 3 and you'll play this huge epic game and by the way, Epic used correctly. You'll play this giant game and you'll get to the end of it and the story, the ending is wrapped up in like 30 seconds and it's garbage because they know that they're not going to spend a lot of time at this ending that that uh, 90% of their fans aren't going to see. So they that, that actually does not apply to a lot of industries and people. And same with me, for example, when I write articles, I spend a lot of time thinking about the thesis and the thesis is usually... Uh, the title to my article. And I want that to be very strong, very powerful, and very clear because that's the hook. People need to know exactly what you're saying 
up front as quickly as possible. So I think that that doesn't always apply. But um, there is I'm some, not sure what some you're talking about. You said that the 90% of, of the effort is put into the last 10% of the work, right? Yeah. I, I disagree. And I think the video game industry and myself uh, is Well, I'm saying the, the perfecting it. Like sitting there obsessing over things that ultimately don't matter. That's where you're... That's where you're turning your wheels and wasting time. I obsess over almost everything in my writing. And, uh, however, my criti- the criticism I received from my friend Michael Malice uh, did change the way I write. I have experimented. It's tough, but I experiment with writing things that are stream of conscious, and I get it out on the paper, I get it out on the page, and then I go back and I edit and I add to it. The problem is sometimes I do that approach towards email, and since I'm so used to writing perfect emails oh interesting what happens that's is, why your email queue is so fucked yeah oh sometimes wow. sometimes what happens is i will send off emails prematurely because i i have trusted myself in the past uh-huh. to have crafted the perfect email so i'll just send it off knowing that uh, knowing that i can trust myself now because i've kind of changed the way i write occasionally i'll send off an email prematurely and i i can't recommend this enough there's a, a google labs uh, setting that you can add to your email that will allow you to undo the email that you sent up to 60 seconds. So I have used that so many. I send that, I use that undo almost every single time I send an email. And it has saved my ass because I will send incorrect information or incomplete information because I've kind of changed the way I write now. Oh, bro. Fascinating <laughs> to me. I have never, I've knew of that labs feature you're talking about. Never needed it. Never wanted no. it. I well, I wake it, up and read emails in my sent box that I don't remember sending. Great. Wait, wait, wait. What's the name of it again? It's no. I think I need that. This is bad. You don't <laughs> no, need no, it. It's really no, good. I don't obsess over email like that. It's email undo. You need some help with your email, Mister Carbon Co- Captain Carbon Copy, dickhead. Why do I need help with my email? Because you fucking suck at carbon copying people. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I oh, try to... We'll bring that in sometime. No, I try to cut people off the chain because it's just, oh, what do you want to give this guy another email? You put it in their inbox, so it's there in case you do a search for it. You need to find it. Anyway, uh, are we done with perfectionism? Uh, yeah. Sean, I got that, that dude. That guy read your entire thing. Poor you're, bastard. <laughs> you're, like, it's, it, the whole thing sounds like that. I will bring in more... If you're okay with that, because it's very funny. For the bonus episode, we should bring that in for the entire bonus episode, right? We could, we could bring it in for the bonus episode. That'd be hilarious. But it's up to you. We'll yeah. see. I, I may cut it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny, Sean, is I was with a friend that night. It's the only night. time I have ever edited for content. <gasps> yeah. Well, yeah. It's the only time. No, well, well that's a pretty well, big no, edit. I, I cut it right out. <laughs> you know, Sean, Sean? I cut it out like the audio cancer that it was. Oh, it's so not. Sean, it's you so fucking not. Be Sean, you're so hard on yourself. <laughs> I, so I was not. with a friend that night, and I said... Well, Sean's deleting the segment, and then she and then she said she said Sean has deleted himself. The ultimate deletion. Ultimate deletion. You're <laughs> like a looper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You're like a self looper. That's funny. You at All least right. have to hear more. We'll see. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. We're running out I of got time. A maybe. We're running out I got of time. Maybe's tonight. Yeah, we got a lot of maybes. Uh, we're running out of time, Dick. Uh, I got the real biggest problem this week. Not really. I actually agree with your problem of perfectionism. I may actually even give it an upvote. We'll see. I don't need your votes. Fuck you. Good. <laughs> Go vote up monkeys. <laughs> Assholes. Okay, listen, man. The real biggest problem this week, fuck perfectionism, is forest fires. Huh? Oh, forest fires? All right, yeah. smoky bear. That's a real... <laughs> I was waiting for the smoky the bear comment, and it came right up top. Awesome. By the way, uh, people who complain about being cold all the time, forest fires might be a solution. I don't know. Oh, I get it. Uh, <laughs> I get what you did today. <laughs> Whatever. Dick, 
Forest fires are a huge problem. Did you know that since 2002, they've cost us $133.4 billion? Billion? Billion. In the U.S.? Yeah. Just in the U.S. alone. $133.4 billion. 175,000 people injured due to forest fires. Like hangnails and stuff? No. No. (laughs) It's not funny. Stop laughing. It's the people dying, dickhead. Injured, not dying. Three little words. Insensitive. <laughs> All right? 34,000 people dead. Dead. That's th- that's a, that's an entire city. for A, a city yeah. of the size of 34,000. Yeah, football that's, stadium. <laughs> yeah, football stadium full of bodies because of a forest fire. I hope Ugh. you're happy. Keep laughing it up, dickhead. Deaths per year, that's 3,778 deaths on average per year since 2002. That's as many as in 9-11. Yeah, we're having a 9-11 every year in forest fires. But aren't they always really stubborn people who won't, you know, they've got a garden hose and they won't leave their house? <laughs> Sean, yeah, that's, some, that's people would say, some people would say they're brave. Some people would say they're principled. Oh. Who knows, right? Yeah. Anyway, man, um, here's, the, here's the problem. Here's one of the big problems. Federal wildland firefighters have dropped. In 2011, there were 16,000. In 2015, 13,200. They're losing funding. They're getting their budgets slashed. There's a website called uh, wildfiretoday.com. The Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee distributed this very interesting graphic on May 5th showing that the exponential increase in the number of fires larger than 100,000 acres, what we call megafires. At first hmm, glance. Cool, cool yeah, name. Yeah, they're megafires. That is a cool name. It sounds like a Mega Man villain. Yeah. Megafire. It's like super volcanoes. Yeah. Yeah. Like Yellowstone. <laughs> yeah. At first glance, it appears to indicate that between 1983 and 1996, there were one or fewer megafires per year. But in the last 10 years, there have been more than 30 each year. Hmm. While the number of megafires has increased by a factor of almost 10, the number of wildland firefighters working for the five federal land management agencies has decreased by 17.5% in the last four years. Big so problem. Less, less firemen, more fires. That's what we got. Less firemen, more fires. There's actually a big graph on this website. I think I don't think this is like some official government website because it it has like some some uh, little jabs at uh, at uh, the political oh, policies yeah. of yeah. the of I think the Bush administration because it hasn't sure. been updated in a while. And they talk, although they have stats here from 2015. I don't know, but they said, well, we keep slashing our budgets for firefighters, yet we're taking our funding and fighting wars all the way across the uh, other well, countries other yeah that was one 9-11 yeah man we're having a 9-11 every year in the forest and nobody gives a fuck who's dying what kind of people die in a forest fire good people the best people hikers salt of the earth for people. real though who dies yeah Do you know yeah well there's residents who die uh people who are trapped in their houses in the forest uh, in the forest yeah mm. there's there are people um uh, bears die i'm sure bears die trout <gasps> I stopped a forest fire one time. Okay. I was driving. Uh, so there's L.A. There's like the city of L.A. That's like a, a sh- uh, hideous urban sprawl. Yeah. Right? And then there's Accurate. the- Yeah. Everywhere outside of L.A. is just the desert. Right. Because there's no water here. Yeah. I was driving back into L.A. Uh, with this girl, and there was a, there was a fire in a- in a in a in a on the on the side of the freeway, yeah. Like in in a, in an area in an area that was covered with dry brush, yeah. right? Like every every year, every other year, all of outside of LA burns down, right? And this was this was around that time, and there was a fire there. It's like, holy shit, this is a that's this is how it starts. 
Like this little fire becomes the mega fire. Uh, so I call what? It may have been an intentional fire. You know they do next intentional fires. Next to the fires. freeway? Next to the freeway with no firemen or cops or anything? Yeah. Which is a guy pulls up, an undercover fireman pulls up and lights a fire. He's like, oh, well, I got it. I'll stamp it out. Well, armchair firefighter over here. Let's- <laughs> Maddox! It was a, somebody probably threw a cigarette out of the okay. side of the road. Yeah, probably. Set a fire. So I call it in. I don't know. I'm like, hey, I'm going to stop L.A. from burning. So I call it in, and I'm like, hey, 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 there's a fire, like mile marker, this. Probably the best call they'd ever gotten. Yeah. Like, very specific, mile marker, uh, south on the south on the 14, there you go. And they're like, all right, sir, thank you. And I was like, hey, 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 did anyone else call this in yet? Am I, like, the first one? They're like, uh, sir, we've, we've really got to go. Like, if, that's, <laughs> if you have any more information, then please go, but otherwise i got to go. And I was like, I know, but just, like, can you can you ask around if anybody else called it in? <laughs> what an asshole. <laughs> Great altruism, Dick. So I'm pretty sure I did call it in. Otherwise, well, they would have known. You stopped a big problem. You agree they're big problems, right? Fire, uh, firefighter? Forest fire, fires. Forest fires? Yeah. yeah sure. Yeah, yeah, big problem. Yeah, it's a big problem. Caused lots of damage. Biggest problem in the universe. Yeah, it fucks up L.A. Fucks up L.A. Fucks every up, other year. Fucks up lives. Uh, again, uh, you have another 9-11 every year. Uh, fucks up the forest. Yeah. Ruins you do, the forest. You do need them. No, it doesn't ruin the forest. It lets it grow again. It turns everything into, like into uh, nutrients. What are you talking about? Yeah, the g- green new forest grows out of forest fires. It's like a, a, a cycle, I think. I think that's true. No, it is true. Yeah, nature needs forest fires. What? Yeah, there's certain yeah. trees that can only uh, reproduce. I think the fire like either opens up the yeah. the fruit, the nut, the whatever, the cone. What? Yeah. You're saying forest fires are good for nature? For nature, yeah. 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 I mean, they're not, not good for humans, it. but uh, they're good for nature. So you're saying that sometimes destruction of a forest is good because in the future generations, it's better for the forest, isn't it, dickhead? No, Fucking broken window fallacy. Shit on again. You really, Boom. You really baited us right into that. <laughs> well done. Well so done. Stupid. What a uh, winner. What right. a fucking champion. Oh, man. I'm the, I'm the smartest person ever. Ah, oh, This was planned for weeks, dickhead. Another fucking shit. All over the broken window fallacy. Fuck you. You know what? I was gonna bring that up, but I thought <laughs> I thought it would be like too boring and snippy to ah! bring up the similarities. <laughs> oh, such a genius! I'm the most brilliant. All right, can we be done? Uh, my problems this week were people who complain about being cold all the time and forest fires. My problem is perfectionism. Great. Um, don't forget to vote on these problems, and we may be bringing in, I guess, uh, the Sean transcripts in the next bonus episode. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, and thanks for listening to the bonus episodes uh, for the show. Thanks, guys. Hey, idiot. How come you guys shit on your fans all the time but still rely on them for the most critical aspects of your show? Deciding what the biggest problem in the universe is. If you assholes are so smart, how about you just argue every episode and Sean allocates the upvotes as he sees fit? And Dick... Mm-hmm. Oh, nothing. That was it. That no. was it. Just a big cock tease, I guess. Oh, I got the biggest blue balls to hear. I, Go fuck yourself. I don't shit on the fans. I think our fans are hilarious. I shit on the fans because I think they're idiots. I think they're <laughs> big dumb idiots. And here's the thing: it's like a father who loves his child and wants him to do better, and you do that by hitting him over the head and saying you're a fucking idiot. Try harder. That's that's like uh, me, guys. It's love. It's it is my way of expressing love. I forgot to bring that in as part of perfectionism. It's on the rise because kids are being parented in the way you just described. What is? 
kids protectionism is yeah. being uh, is on the rise uh, in kids because they're being they're feeling so much tremendous pressure. Good. Are they? I thought parents were being really like no, kind no, and no, soft no. and gentle. A bunch Ew. of pussies. It's it's parents now who got like C's and B's in high school and college. Now they expect A's of their kids. Like kids are throwing up during standardized testing. It's uh, it's out of control. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. So it's getting worse. So get ready for more shitty movies. <laughs> Dick, your fucking argument. That was pretty good though. Hey guys, it's Rain from Austin calling in here. Uh, Maddox, so at the end of the last show, yes. uh, you were talking about <laughs> how sex in high school is lame. Sucks. And that you like experienced chicks. Yeah. And all this stuff. That's the uh-huh. way he and, says uh, it. Uh-huh. The only reason you're saying that is because you never did have sex in high school. You <laughs> fuck. You don't know what's up because you never partook in it. I'm pretty sure Dick can get behind me when I say that there is nothing hotter than, like, a 17-year-old virgin. <laughs> so, Gross, no! Fuck you, <laughs> and have fun having you sex moron. with your experience. Uh, Talk about oh, bags it. of sand comment, this dipshit. You think it's real hot to have sex with a virgin? Boo, pass. I have turned down more virgins in my life than fucking virgins exist. I, I, have, I make... But now he's staying away from elementary schools, so... Sean, <laughs> why do you have to take my creepy comment and make it creepier? Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. What? Um, uh, Dick, a couple episodes ago, you were shitting on, uh, you were saying that uh, uh, bad blowjobs were a big problem. Guess yep. who gives bad blowjobs the most? High schoolers. And no, guess you're, who gives, no, you're wrong about that. Or you're fucking wrong about that. High schoolers, they're all fucking teeth, man. It's like putting your dick in a shredder. <laughs> anyway, that's it.